Welcome to Tampa Tantrum, The Lost Files. Back in the summer of 2012, myself, Stephen Layton and Colin Harmon hosted a group of 12 coffee luminaries to come present on a coffee topic of their choice at the SCIE World of Coffee event in Vienna. This was not the first time we'd put on such an event, but it was the first time we didn't have control of the AV crew for the production. The previous two events we'd collated a set of videos which can all be viewed at tampatantrum.com. But in Vienna, something went horribly wrong with the quality of the video that we had. Although something does get lost without the visuals, I've decided that instead of them being lost forever, that I would make them available in an audio format. This is the second in the series, and I still go a bit weak at the knees when I think about this presentation, as this man is a huge coffee hero to me, and I do go a little giddy in the questions at the end, so please do forgive me. But let's scream, let's shout for Mr. Chris Backer. Hey guys, how are you? Pleased to meet you. Um, you fixed my name. That's awesome. Steve had my name spelled wrong. Um, now he has it spelled right. So, got 20 minutes to talk, and I didn't know what I was going to talk about. So, I'm going to preface what I'm going to talk about. Um, many, many years ago, maybe not so long as, as some of you guys, I just kind of started to gain some kind of interest in coffee, and I wasn't sure how coffee worked or even really what coffee was. Um, and I never really had what I would consider to be good coffee, but I believed in this little thing that it could be awesome and it could be delicious and it could be really, really fun. So I wanted to learn more about that, but I didn't know where to go. So I found out about these barista competitions that happen, and I was like, oh, I'll go to one of these because this must be where the best people are. If you look at things you know, like sports and stuff like that, the best athletes play professionally, the best baristas must do these things and do them well, so I'm going to go out and seek this out. And I did, and it was awesome. Um, and I learned a lot, and over the years, some things have changed, some things have, haven't changed so much. So I'm kind of doing my talk on this, of course, how barista competitions are ruining specialty coffee. Kind of. Kind of. Not 100%. Um, in conjunction with that, I had a little subtopic, which I apologize. I don't really have as much on it as I was, was going to have on it. But um, also, how the internet is ruining barista competitions. For me, anyway. Um, for a lot of people, it's probably going to be pretty awesome. People love the internet. I'm, you know, I use the internet for some things, sometimes. Um, but we're just going to talk about these two things and how they're kind of affecting my own personal mental health and, and well-being. Also, keynote debut. I don't really do technology, so these are things that I'm not good at. Technology, fancy technology. For me, this is pretty fancy. I'm not a very good speller. If there's spelling mistakes in here, maybe Jen fixed them, but probably not. Um, complete and coherent sentences, you're going to have to forgive me. Um, maybe in really true tamper tantrum you know, form, this will be more of a, more of a rant than anything. So. Let's just get right into it. And if you guys, I know there's Q&A after. If any of you guys want to get crazy with me, you can just yell stuff. That would be preferred. Um, barista competition. So like, what, what do we want to get out of them? You ask you know, 10 different baristas, they'll all have a little bit of a different answer. These are some pretty common answers. What do we want? Fun. It's really, really fun. I get to be on set. People look at me. They're staring at me. They, put me on Twitter, and I was up there, and I was talking about coffee, and I love coffee. Um, that's cool. Community building. There's hardly ever a time where you get you know, a, this huge critical mass of, of coffee professionals in the same place at the same time. Events like this are really awesome for that. Progression. Some would argue that competitions drive progression in the industry, whether it be technological, um, technical as far as like brewing preparation and stuff like that. Innovation kind of ties into that. The two ones at the bottom are kind of listed on the, if you read like the WBC or, or USBC, I also apologize ahead of time. Most of this is from my perspective in the, in the US competition circuit. I'm, you know, we're on this little island over there. Um, role models, ambassador, someone who is like this walking showpiece for specialty coffee. Um, 
they won the thing, you know, whether it be national, regional, world competition, and there's someone that we can look to for some kind of expertise. They got it going on. Um, the, this, is, this is kind of what, what we're dealing with. What do we get? I, I don't know. What do we get? Anybody know what we get? Tim, do you know? Tim or Tim? Who knows what we get? I don't really know what we get, to be honest with you. Um, we get someone who wins, and we all know about them. Um, but I don't think anybody else really does. Um, so let's kind of break this thing down and see what happens. We're going to start with the score sheet. Everyone talks about score sheet. Everyone grumbles about score sheet. But it's usually like after the competition, they go home. They like review the score sheet with their judges. And then when they get back to the cafe or back to the training lab or back to wherever, they're like, fucking score sheet, man. This thing's bullshit. I can't fucking deal with this. Um, some people talk about it out loud, but not very often. So we're going to dig into it a little bit, not a lot. It's going to be a preface for what we're going to talk about later. Um, technical, sensory. We're ignoring the head judge score sheet because it's whatever. Um, we're just going to start them one at a time. Technical score sheet. This score sheet kicks ass if it's your first day of barista training. We've all, who hasn't seen the score sheet? Yen is not you, lying son of a bitch. You've seen the score sheet. Um, the technical score sheet, can I ask someone for water? I'm getting kind of dried out. Is that cool? Sorry. Um, what, is, what does it have on it? Um, it's got a little, it's got a bunch of little boxes and you check off, you know, yes or no, or zero to six. Um, but they don't oh yeah, you're the man or the woman or, that's delicious. Um, they don't necessarily have any direct implication on quality. Okay, um, you got things like, you know, your shot times, consistent dosing and tamping, all of, all of these things. You know, we want the shot times in this window. We want to make sure that they dried out the portafilter. You know, they wiped it out. They purged the group head. They did all of these things. All of these things are not going to tell you if the coffee's awesome or not. You could do all of those things and have awful coffee. Um, Smart Money says that if the sensory judges are amazing and doing their job and everything is epic, you don't even need the technical score sheet for the most part. But if the coffee tastes awesome, if I'm a customer or if I'm a judge um, and I get coffee and it tastes amazing and the person didn't wipe out their portafilter basket, I really don't care. Or if, you know, it, it, does, it just doesn't, it just doesn't really matter to me. Um, I just, I don't know. Um, but I think it's a really great checklist for like basic, basic, basic coffee information. If you had to make like a nice like little run through of like, these are things you do to make espresso. Check off all the boxes, you'll probably be cool. But the technical score sheet, I'm gonna throw it in the trash for now. Sensory score sheet. This, this is where all the fun stuff lives. Um, this is the one that people, you know, go, go bananas over and, and really, really lose their mind. We're not going to address all the items, just, you know, ones that are of particular interest to me. The crema color is one of the more interesting ones to me. Hazelnut, brown, reddish reflection, that's, that's cool. Or now you can call it out, you know. You're like, my crema is going to appear whatever. Uh, burnt sienna with some red dots and purple zebra striping or something ridiculous. Um, who gives a shit? Welcome to 2003. Like, this says absolutely nothing about the coffee. There's no implication of quality based on any kind of color. In the first one, you know, the one that's written into the score sheet, it's like, what does that mean? You know, maybe for one particular coffee at one particular time in your life on that day, like, this coffee had this, you know, this specific visual aesthetic. So if you've made lots of different coffees as espresso or just made a, you know, bunch of different espressos, whatever, they all have a slightly different visual aesthetic to it. Um, it doesn't mean that all of them that don't have this particular visual aesthetic aren't good. Um, some of them are just not going to look like that. So they kind of fixed it. You can, you can call it out. 
Um, in the US circuit, at least, that hardly ever works. Everyone I've talked to, like, I called it out. I knew exactly what it looked like, um, but they weren't feeling it. I didn't really see that burnt sand. I saw more of like a, like a weird different shade of brown. It's like almost like you need a little color swatch. Like, here's my color swatch. Here's a picture I took of it backstage. This is what it's going to look like. So, you know, I have to clarify what does, you know, hazelnut brown look like, or what does burnt sienna look like, or what does, like, whatever. Um, drives me nuts. Um, consistency and persistence, again, in, in the crema category. Dense and smooth, stretch, long lasting, no breakup. Um, you guys have all seen this one. Get the espresso, tilt the cup. They want the thing to whoop, stretch out, come back. No holes, no breakup, no nothing like that. Stir it up, recovery, all of that. Why? What does it matter? I don't know. Does anyone else know? Because I really don't. Um, I've had all different kinds of espressos. Um, with all different kinds of consistency and persistence in their crema with different amounts of stretch and different amounts of recovery. And sometimes they're a little bit bubbly or, or maybe it's not like, it's like gassy, but not quite like fresh gassy. I don't know. But again, it doesn't really have a direct implication on quality. You can have crema that has all of, none of these things and still have an espresso that's prepared well and absolutely Delicious. So there's that. Again, old school. I feel like, I mean, I don't even know. Maybe my dates are wrong. I wasn't really around. You were around. Um, we could talk about that later, <laughs> um, maybe in the Q&A. But it seems like very, very, very old guard kind of philosophies. If this meets this criteria, it must taste good. So we can have a checkoff box. Those are two little like checkoff boxes or zero to sixes that I don't really think we need to have. Um, the big dog, taste, multipliers, getting into multipliers. How does, how does this work? Taste balance, harmonious balance of sweet, acidity, and bitterness, straight from the score sheet. Um, this one I pulled from the rules, which I was going to talk to someone about because it was kind of confusing to me, just the wording. The ideal espresso has a harmonious taste balance, including sweetness, acidity, and or bitterness. Um, so the first one's on the score sheet. The second one's in the rules. Um, and it seems like what we're, what we're kind of trying to measure here um, aren't really whatever coffee's intrinsic qualities that we're using, but more byproducts of the extraction. Proper espresso extraction should exhibit these things. You know, there's a certain amount of sweetness and acidity that's inherent you know, in the coffee itself, and then there's a certain amount to be derived from its preparation. But we're brewing coffee on stage. Like, this is a barista competition. Espresso is the focal point of the whole thing, and we've got these three categories compared to, like, this is the SCAA cupping sheet. There's a bunch of other sheets. You can use a COE sheet, whatever. OK, this thing's pretty intense in comparison to how we're scoring espresso. Why is the espresso score sheet so lame compared to this thing? What are we looking at when we're looking at coffee quality? You know, we've got all of these things that go into making whatever coffee we call quality. You know, if, if we're cupping all these things, scoring awesome high scores, we've got intensity levels and everything. Even the Brewer's Cup score sheet is just way out of control compared to sweetness, acidity, and bitterness. There's not really a spot that's built in to the WBC score sheet for quality coffee. Um, that's why you see, at least in the US, so many different calibers of coffee ending up grouped into that top six or finals or top three or whatever. Um, you've got really awesome to really strange and really weird. There's. Um, Uh, there's this really big kind of discrepancy that happens. The only reason that I kind of know this is just comparing score sheets with friends, colleagues, things like that. We all taste each other's coffee backstage. We're all hanging out, having a blast. Um, compare score sheet with the top, you know, six or ten or whoever, and 
scores are often remarkably similar, incredibly, incredibly, incredibly similar, while the coffees taste incredibly different and wildly vary from one another. Um, so we don't really have that, that quality thing built in. Tactile balance, full-bodied, round, smooth. I don't know. Not into it. Um, cups and accessories. I really don't care about this one either. If you make me like an amazing espresso and have some compelling reason for serving it in a huge glass, um, I'm cool with that. I don't really care if it's in a cup this big with a little handle on it. If it doesn't have a handle, I'm not going to freak out. Um, it's just another superfluous thing that doesn't really need to be there. Like, why is it even there? We're just kind of like adding, maybe they're adding points to make the whole thing average out or making it really nice, you know, make the numbers crunch nice. But it really doesn't seem that. Uh, cappuccinos. I love cappuccinos. They're really tasty. So um, I'm into the cappuccino. Visually correct is like this weird thing. Contrast, symmetry, all that's good. Um, I, you can have a cappuccino that looks really awesome without having tons of contrast. You know, some people will call that like color infusion. I'm okay with that if I don't have this like perfect little ring. I'm cool with that. It can still be absolutely amazing. Um, maybe it could be like a hot or not category where they give like thumbs up, thumbs down. Who knows? Consistency and persistence. How's the texture? That's fair. We can, we can evaluate the texture. I'm down with that. Using the spoon and all that. That's pretty fun. Um, taste balance, this one, everybody talks about it, so I'm going to talk about it too, because it's really weird. Every competition I've been to over the past five, six years, talk to 50 people, everyone on their score sheet has, cappuccino's too milky, it's too milky, it's too milky, it needs more coffee. I can only fucking put so much coffee in that cup. I'm making an espresso with, you know, four ounces of milk, what do you want me to do? Maybe they're after the wrong drink. That's fair. I'm not harping on the judges, they're just doing what they're trained to do, but the infrastructure is set up in a kind of like a strange way. I don't think they actually want a cappuccino. For the record, I think, I think competition cappuccino is absolutely delicious. I, it's milky and sweet and it's good. I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm down with the milk. Sigbev, I'm into. Love the Sigbev. Um, Federico talked about that. Um, I think the signature beverage is probably even though it's, it's, it's really challenging and strange for, to create and make something that's awesome, it's probably one of the most pure things about the entire competition because it's the thing that you have as a judge like the least preconceived notion about. You don't know what you're going to get before you get there. Um, if you're a judge, you work in coffee, you probably drink lots of coffee. You probably drink lots of espresso. Um, and no matter you know how objective you're supposed to be with this thing, um, your own style or what you drink, it's, it's ingrained in your brain no matter how much calibration you have, like, you can't be completely objective. With a signature drink, it's a little bit different because they're all, they're all full wild cards, you've never had them before, um, so you're probably more apt to score it maybe how it should be scored rather than like, eh, espresso, my espresso's like this, that espresso's like that, uh, it's getting kind of weird. So. I'm, I'm, into the, I'm into the signature drink. Barista evaluation, professionalism. We want someone professional. I'm down with that too. Um, pull that right from the rules. Demonstrating a wider understanding of coffee beyond the preparation of the 12 drinks served. Coffee knowledge includes uh, processing, cultivation, roasting, preparation from seed to cup, all of this stuff. Um, what if it doesn't matter? What if it has absolutely no relevance to what you're trying to accomplish on stage? In the top end of things, like I can hope and assume, or assume and hope, that everyone who's on stage out there has all the relevant information about their coffee. They know where it came from, they know how it was processed, and you know, if you don't, like that should that should kind of be a given. I'd rather see those things like on a menu, like Everyone's like, tell me more about how your coffee was processed. Like, the fuck do you mean? Like, tell me, what, what does that mean? It's like, you know what that means. You're a coffee professional. You're understanding what I'm saying. Um, you've got 15 minutes of time where you can talk about whatever you want. Um, maybe we could talk about something new instead of 1,900 meters and a honey process and they picked the ripe cherries and it's direct trade, just like Tim said, and I got all the right words. Um, 
made it happen. There's so many more things that, that could happen. I, I don't know. I don't think you should get knocked if you don't like dive into this full-scale rant on cultivation processing, etc., etc., etc. Attention to detail is cool. I'm into it, kind of. Um, it creates good workflow habits, and uh, it's generally good to watch. Appropriate apparels, whatever. I don't even know what that means. Uh, Cultural considerations will be made, but not really. Everyone looks the same. It's cool. Um, so, you know, you get a button-up shirt and whatever. So, disclaimer. Obviously, we need some kind of objectivity to have a competition like this, right? It can't be completely subjective and completely stylistic because we need to be able to make this thing work. So, we have to have these little boxes. With, with all of these little things in it that we can check off to see who's the best and who really sucks and all that stuff. Um, the problem that I have is not necessarily with the competition. It's mostly like the, the, the relevance that we, that we put on it, uh, the people that are in the competition. So this is, this is kind of a mishmash. Uh, cri criteria for evaluating espresso beverages is situation spe specific. A lot of coffees taste incredibly different and need to be evaluated in different ways. That's fair. You can take five coffees, make them as espresso, or make them however, and they're not going to taste the same. You can't score them the same way. That's fine. You know that. I know that. Um, we got that objectivity. These last few things, crema check, foam depth check, all this stuff, the, the biggest problem I have is that people think that all of this shit on the score sheet is real. I have people, it's, it's not real at all. I have baristas, like well-known baristas, like, oh, they come into the coffee shop, like, you know, everyone was in Portland for the USBC, a lot of people journeyed down through California, made the road trip, like making all kinds of competitors coffee. I make them espresso at the coffee bar. They get the espresso and then they take it and they tilt it, and they check the crema, and then they're like doing the thing with a spoon, and I want to punch them in the face. I'm like, what are you getting out of that? You're getting absolutely nothing. You know, Stir it up, swirl it if you want to. Can you drink the damn thing and see what it tastes like? Because you're gathering no information. Like, The score sheet exists to serve the purpose of the competition. It's not necessarily a quality check for everything espresso. I literally want to kill people. Um, I love the BGA, it's awesome. We had some BGA people come in, and I've been a big part of that thing, you know. Some of the higher ups are coming in and drinking cappuccinos, and they're like taking the spoon and digging in and peeking the foam and checking the depth, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Just drink it. It tastes delicious, like you don't need that information. Um, you know, we're not, we're not on a score sheet. You can evaluate texture and all that kind of stuff just by drinking it, you know what I mean? As soon as it hits your lips and you start to drink it, you know how deep the foam is. You know, you know what it's tasting like, you know how it works. Um, I'm all about that like professional stylistic imposition. If you're gonna get down, whoa, with the score sheet, that's cool. But um, where you work at your job, you're in charge. You know, you've got your idea of what your coffee needs to be, and I'd like to see more people just kind of let that happen and embrace that a little bit, um, and not take the score sheet with them everywhere they go and they're coming into my shop or Tim's shop or other Tim's shop or anybody's shop and just judging their experience based purely on this score sheet because there's so much more to coffee than what can be checked off on these little tiny boxes. Um, this one, I, I, I truly believe um, the best baristas and barista competitors are so far ahead of the judges when it comes to coffee and espresso preparation. Um, at least in the US, I can't speak for the world. Um, but that's, that's where I'm coming from. We taste more coffee, we make more coffee. Um, how am I supposed to make someone understand everything about this coffee that I've been tasting for months and months and months in 15 minutes? I really can't, I can make them awesome coffee. I can hopefully make them fall in love with it, but I can't get, I can't get deep in there. Um, I don't like this slide anymore. It gets weird. Um, another thing that kind of weirds me out about competitions 
It's like I'm confused about where the, where the baristas are, because I don't really see that many of them compete in barista competitions. Um, I'm not a barista, but I compete in the competition. Most of the people that do really, really well in the competition are not production baristas. It doesn't necessarily cater to that. It's kind of like if you've got another job and you have all kinds of fun time and you can kind of throw it together, um, we can talk about that in the Q&A as far as what a barista actually is, what it means to be a barista, to me anyway. Um, generating interest in specialty coffee. This is why we have these things, right? We're trying to get people psyched. I want to make you pumped on coffee. So that when I go home and I tell my, you know, my mom or like my wife's family or something like that, what do you do? Like, oh, I make coffee. They're like, cool, so you make like five bucks an hour and you sling coffee. And I'm like, no, no, I, I make coffee, like specialty coffee. But what is specialty coffee? I don't know, ask Tim, he knows what it is. Um, these things are barely, barely watchable. If you're not, I don't even, I watch my friends, I can barely watch people. It's just ridiculous, it's insane. I just like, oh my God, this is so boring. Even the most fun people are incredibly boring. I apologize if anybody watched me and I was boring. It's not my fault. Um, how much money and time goes into making four people coffee? This one kills me absolutely every time. I spent so much time practicing, like, for USBC, really expensive coffee, really awesome coffee, um, and it was kind of like a, I don't know, it was like this weird double-edged sword. I got to drink a lot of really awesome coffee myself for months on end, um, but then when it came down to it, it was a super, super small lot, and basically, you know, 12 people over three rounds got to drink that coffee, and I think that's kind of a bummer. I think we need to get this, this this coffee to more people. We source specifically for this, bring in special things specifically for these, and not that many people get to enjoy it, and I don't know if that's really generating interest in specialty coffee, or maybe it's just like, you know, tickling the judge's belly, make them feel good. I got you this coffee, flew it in on a helicopter. Real nice. Um, real contribution versus new for the sake of new. I think there's a really big trend in competitions now to just like, I did something new. Um, new, 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 whether it be, I don't know, preparation, signature drink, whatever. Um, I'm not really believing in what people are doing a lot of the time these days. I feel like they're looking at this list of like, these are things that have been done in competition and I'm going to do something that's not on that list. Whether or not I actually believe in that or believe it's going to gain me anything, I'm going to do it because it's new and people are going to like it. And they're kind of right on. For the most part, people kind of eat it up. So um, shame on everyone for eating it up. Self-masturbatory, you're great, no, you're great, come on. Give me a break. I'd be like, you were boring as hell. I uh, put sports on there. Sports are interesting to watch. Coffee competitions really are not. Um, time, money, and energy. Where could these things better be spent? Um, education, bigger presentations. This is kind of refreshing, I feel like. This is, this is really fun. People are watching this online. Um, it can be interesting because it's kind of like an open format. More things like this need to exist. We're taking all this time, money, energy, making 12 drinks. We need to make more people drinks. If we're getting people amped on coffee, we need to actually serve them coffee. We're kind of getting people amped who are already amped. I amped up the judges with my sick coffee. But we gotta amp up the public so they buy our coffee or understand what we're doing with coffee. What makes us different? They're not gonna see that on the screen. No one's gonna watch this. Um, sharing is caring, non-threatening environment. Companies, people spend so much money on these things because it's marketing, right? If I win, I can say, or my company can say, like, we have the guy, who's the guy? Um, if you win, you can be the guy. And it promotes like a really strange environment to where everyone's like friends. We're kind of friends, but not really. I'm trying to kick his ass, so we're not really talking about anything. We're not really moving forward in coffee. We're not really sharing ideas. We're not really sharing coffees. We're tasting, whoa, we're tasting this guy's coffee, but like, his coffee's not as good as mine. My coffee's better. Or, nah, uh, he, he's, he's screwed up. So I think if we could break that down, I don't have all the answers. Figure out some way to just progress the culture as a whole instead of just using it as a marketing thing. Um, learning versus marketing. I feel the people who have the most to gain out of these competitions are brand new baristas. I learn something new every year that I do this. 
but it's not as revolutionary and crazy as it was years and years ago when I had never done it before. Um, and there's kind of a, there's competing interests. Companies want to send people who are experienced so that they can showcase their company and their coffee in the highest possible regard. So they're not going to send the new people because the new people are going to suck um, unless they have insane amounts of training. I would encourage them to send the new people because they have the most to gain from it. This is just kind of a little wrap. I wanted to dive deep into this, but um, when I started competing, there weren't really that many competitions available on the internet to view. Um, I saw one of Heather Perry or something, and maybe Paul Bassett or something weird like that. Um, but the thing I liked about going to barista competitions years ago is everyone was incredibly different, and I felt like I got more of a real like stylistic interpretation of what that person actually did in their real life, as opposed to what I kind of see now is it's like, you watch the champion's video, it's like a template, you do the same thing except you change your signature drink, or maybe you don't even change the signature drink, or maybe you copy exactly what they said. I can't like, I remember when, when Morrissey was, he came out, he's like, I'm gonna make you espresso and I'm not gonna tell you what they are. And he, then the next year, like, everyone's like, I'm gonna make you espresso, I'm not gonna tell you what it is. I'm like, fucking really? Come on, dude, get, get something else going on. That's ridiculous. Um, so I, I, kind of, I, kind of miss, I kind of miss that little like, this is what we do at our shop. Even if the performances weren't as good, it was just a little bit more true to light for me and a little bit more spectator friendly, I felt. Um, I kind of really like the spectator angle of this thing because it's weird. Um, that's about it, I guess. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Round of applause for, for Chris. Chris, that was uh, super refreshing. Thanks. To hear. Here? Cool. Take a seat. We ah. paid good money for these seats. We're going to use them. They're pretty good. Can I move the mic? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we're not wasting the uh, WCE's money. So, um, great presentation. Um, I think you've copied it, though, from mine. I, like, I slagged off Barista score sheet. So, it's just a copy. So, you copying as well as competition copying. Yeah. Did I uh, copy? No, I no not at all. Mine was Damn awful. It. Was it mine, awful? Mine was a car crash. I don't think I watched it. Uh, yeah. I need to watch it. <laughs> oh. I'm really bad. Yeah. No, no. Really yeah, I, I had a similar rant about score sheets in my presentation, but I kind of touched on Barista Competition, Cup of Excellence score sheets too, and yeah. Uh, but I won't get into that one because Trish, Ro Trish Rothberg will come and get me again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't ever talk to Trish about score sheets. Oh, no. Don't I'm, ever. I'm scared of Trish. Yeah. She's awesome. But oh, she is awesome. She'll be like, yeah. like no. S scared, scared. So... I mean, are you retired? Are you from competition? Is that it? Are you done with it? Or No, I mean, it's let... No, I, I don't know. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm always retired until I get excited, and then I'm excited, and then it's, then it's game on. I, like I said, it's not even necessarily the competition or the score sheet, which I obviously like the competition. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, I've done it so many, too many times to not like it. I obviously get something out of it. But it's more of the way that people take the score sheet and then just use it to run their day-to-day -day lives in the coffee world, or it's like the only reference they have for quality. Do you know, you were saying about the, the pushing the phone back, oh, yeah. and, and I can't help myself sometimes. I've done that many run-throughs that you just like, I don't know if you've been there and... I, I, I never do it. I point people out. Yeah, like if I, it's, I, if I it's at the bar, for myself. instance, and a barista comes in, and, and obviously Oslo is a very small community, so we all know each other. And if I notice any of that kind of stuff, it's kind of, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you doing with the spoon? I like take I've, it away I, from them. I've, I've <laughs> actually uh, had baristas in the past where I've put a teaspoon on their espresso and they're like, what do I need the teaspoon for? And they'll throw the spoon back at me and I'll go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was thinking about that. You do know that I can't drink a beverage without a napkin either. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I, if I'm having a beverage. You have to tuck it in? Yeah. <laughs> Just to dab my Just mouth dab with, it. you know, it's, it's really important. I think the, one of the biggest questions um, that I'm getting from your talk was, uh, who is the competition really for? I mean, obviously, for you, it, you've gotten a huge amount out of it over the years you've competed. But yeah. And is that, is that what it should be? Should it be for the baristas? Or obviously, we're putting it on a stage, and there's lights, and it's on TV, and blah, blah, blah. But is it really for competitors? Uh, sorry, for... for 
spectators? Yeah, it's kind of confusing because for me, it's, I mean, I've done it a long time and it's afforded me a lot of things. You know, I'm here. I, all the traveling that I've done is because of coffee, because of competitions and things like that. So it's worked out really well for myself. It's probably worked out really well for companies I work for. But I, I would like to see it be more not for us and not for other people because we build the stage, but then we just watch ourselves. And then we stream it on the internet and we pretend that other people are watching it, but they're not. Like maybe your mom's watching because she loves you or maybe your dad's watching. And you know, we have customers who watch um, at home. So, so we get a little bit of support that way. Um, but I would, like, I would like to see it break away more from this little like self-contained unit of barista coffeeism and just I don't know. I, don't I question. I question whether it is actually. I, I think it should be for us. I think this is the only chance I get to get together with friends from all around the world, and like, and and to talk about coffee stuff. And I go away from here with so many new ideas mm. and like reinvigorated and excited and, and wanting to do more. Like, and I think that's what it should be about for me. Like, and then we can go and do the stuff that's clever when we get home. Like. 52 weeks a year. I think it is. It's for the barista, definitely. I can, I, I can vouch for that. And maybe the team that's working with the barista. But for me, as a coffee person, uh, to watch the competition, I completely agree. It's, it's so excruciatingly boring. And the only feeling that I ever get from the competition is watching somebody who I care about and getting nervous for them. But I'm not necessarily enjoying much else I'm not tasting the drinks and for me that's yeah. obviously all it's about so when you say stuff like why are we only making 12 drinks why aren't we making 30 why aren't we engaging the audience more uh, I think uh, really good points yeah and I mean I mean this I, I do love coming together like things that you say like that's that's perfect I feel the same way I get here amped everyone's excited you're like talking about this talking about that Man, talking about i get all my touching in and then like, i'm just like a, a, after the end of the barista week i'm not like no touching no don't, touching? Ju don't yeah. touch me and then i have you go home and then you have like a panic attack and you're like withdrawals you're like what am i doing with my life like how does this work i was hanging out with yen and now he's gone barista back in, in canada somewhere and um but I, I don't think we need the whole and then again not to say i don't like it you don't necessarily need a competition to even make that happen and some things have been you know, kind of growing recent, like the Coffee Commons, been making things like that happen a little bit here and there. Um, there are other avenues to I explore. I mean, were it not for barista competition as well, that I wouldn't have gone to the after party in Bogota. Like, and that, and that made my life complete. It was like, <laughs> that's all I needed. Like, after that, I could die. It was, it was Chris, do you have any kind of ideas on why um, uh, those absurd, like, color of crema rules and attire things are so slow to move and why what why do you think the competition is so slow to evolve and yet as an industry we like to think of ourselves moving so quickly and things are always changing and yet this competition is slow to move it's it's probably just has something to do with any like similar to any other kind of politics you know i mean the people who are making those rules making the score she's developing those aren't necessarily the people that are making coffee most of the time. You know, the score sheet's not necessarily, I mean, I don't know, I could be totally way off base, but I'm only assuming that they're not created by, like, people who are baristas day to day or who are maybe even making coffee. To be fair, they have been pretty quick with changing things in the last couple of years. There have been, like, um, pretty good updates and, and, and little fluctuations, but, yeah. and I, I think for people who would maybe be interested in working on some things like that, they simply, you know, like, I would love to get together with the people who are doing that and spend a little time and just talk it out, as I'm sure a lot of other professionals would, but people just don't have time, money, and energy. You know, for me to go do that probably requires, I don't know what you have to do. You have to be on the WBC committee. It's probably like a full-time thing. And, you know, I have a job. I got people to train and et cetera, et cetera. So, like, I mean, the thing for me is when they change the color of the crema thing, like, mm. and I, I have a big beef with color of crema because I don't get it either but like why change it to you can say what the color is or 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 brownie flecky whatever you like it, it makes no sense that that change really to me should have been a a, a, a step at that time because it's a it's something that everybody kind of goes why I mean yeah you could just get rid of it yeah. just like psh, throw it out the door yeah. even I mean, don't say what color the crema is that that's no indication of 
what the drink is going to be. Yeah. Haven't, haven't we had this conversation a million times over? Do yeah. we ever hear the real reason why they're keeping it in? Like, it's, there I don't may think be anybody very, knows. There may be a very, very good reason why they keep crema in there, and it may be for educational purposes or something or something. But Maybe Alf knows. Alf, where's Kramer? Yeah, get him <laughs> in here. He's probably upsetting somebody on the cup of tasting. Yeah. <laughs> But, but Chris, what, what would you love to see, like, evolve, say, for Melbourne 2013? If, you've, if you were taking the reins of, of rule changes and you could change, like, uh, three or four things? Mm, oh, man. Now I'm on the spot. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to see some of the just, like, superfluous stuff just kind of drop out a little bit. I'd like to see a more intense tasting score sheet for espresso i'd like to see that whole area blown up a little bit more and even though it's weighted the heaviest already i wouldn't mind it being weighted even a little bit you know more um more than just sweetness acidity bitterness you know clean clean cup I, what about I, like live scoring what live about scoring would be kind of fun I, I read that i read that bloggy thing I, I, and then it's just it I don't know what it does, but it would be kind of fun. It would stress the judges out, so well, that would be fun. Maybe not even live scoring, but getting s scores that afternoon. Yeah, but did you, have you seen the, the latte art one in Maastricht last year where they did the live scoring? And I'm the problem is. I'm not into latte art. Are, are you not? Oh, I did see a tweet about that, yeah. Now, I'm not into it. <laughs> They, they, um, they had live scoring in the latte art, and, and basically they had to sit on a throne with a little crown on in between whoever was leading, <laughs> and it was just like the it, 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 it was painful. Like it was really Chris from Greece, like had to stand there for hours on this little podium. He was just dancing and throwing out moves. But like live, the problem is if you introduce things like that, it becomes a gimmick. You're like, and maybe it would make it more interesting, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see more audience participation for I'd sure. I'd like to see more audience participation. I'd also like to see, I don't, the judges' calibration in the U.S. is fairly loose. It's oftentimes done on the fourth machine, on the fly, with some coffee that's like, who knows what it is? You know, it's, it's whatever happened to be there at the time, especially at the regional level. You know, you've got the three machines, there's no practice machines in the back, like at the US or the WBC, and then there's the fourth machine, and the judges will kind of crowd around whoever's on the bar, like, oh, okay, let's taste some espresso. And it's like, all right, and then that happens in, in 10 minutes, and it's, and it's just done. And the USBC isn't too much better. And I, I, I would have thought that for me, I'd say the USBC is probably one of the best run. Uh, yeah. I mean, th that's the toughest competition. Arguably, is the USBC. From the outsider looking in, for, for me, like, USBC is closest to WBC. In, in organization and the way that it's presented. And yeah, I mean, the people that run it do an awesome job, when, especially when Marcus and everybody was yeah. kicking yeah. ass over it's there. It's very they, easy for me to sit here and blah, blah, blah about it, but they do. I mean, they're, they're spending hours on end, you know, oh, yeah. working I, I, to improve. We hosted a regional for... You know, the first time we ever hosted a competition. And I have a whole new respect for the amount of time and energy that the, that the committee and those kinds of people put into just making those things happen. I mean, the pressure on us as a host company wasn't too great, but I was like, oh, my God, there's so many things that need to happen. So it's definitely a logistical masterpiece over there. I must be the one thing I'd be interested in finding out well, like, with the logistics and the judging and things is what is the motivation for judges actually judging? If for me, it looks like the, the referee role in a football game. You know, like, why would you want to do that? It just, the, and, and, and until we change what the judges get out of it, I don't know whether we'll get the right people for the calibrations to be able to come together and be motivated. Like, it, like for instance, in soccer, we've got professional... I said soccer. It's just because he's American. It's, it's really football. <laughs> but we, we've now got professional referees, and that raised the standard. Like, how do we make judges be able to be trained and, and keyed in more? Would be other interesting aspects on developing competition to oh, make yeah. it better? And absolutely. I mean, you know, as it stands in our format now, the judges are paying to judge. And it's like, you're paying to judge, and then you have to travel, and then you have to pay for your room. And, then, you know, it's this huge investment. Like, like they should be paid I mean, that would do wonders for everything. I don't, you know, we don't have any money, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're, basically, we're basically broke. Um, more judge to competitor feedback would, would be really, yeah, really awesome. My next question was, what, what's the feedback uh, like with the current score sheet set up? I mean, 
the overall consensus is that the feedback that you would get after the fact is, is pretty much useless for the most part. Oh, okay, I got a four and a half. What would it take to get up to a five? What do I need to get five and a half? Like, what do I need to do? What happened? Oh, it just needs to be better. Well, you know, specifically how? Like, well, it just wasn't really whatever. And I'm just like, uh oh. Okay. Um, and I, I'm totally down with it's probably really incredibly hard for them to you just recall your performance on the fly and remember what your espresso exactly tastes like and what it, it looked like. But um, Jared, I was talking to Jared, and he, he was really trying to um, get something going and figure out a way to have the competitors have just maybe like five, ten minutes or something like that with the judges beforehand or either right after and just to kind of like really talk or just even if it's in like preparation time because if you well if you don't have a judge on staff or, or train with someone as a judge you're kind of flying blind in the score sheet so a lot of times you don't really know what they're looking at in terms of your espresso and it would be just so incredible to be able to like whether it's after or before or anytime like make a judge an espresso have them evaluate it with you you know even if it's not the one that you made on stage like then you just have like a real life reference for what's happening. It'd be like a mini training session, mini judges calibration training session. Well, surely some of the best feedback you get is going through the presentations with your other baristas and staff and friends and whatever. And the feedback you get straight after that must be really invaluable. So I can imagine, I can only imagine that the feedback you'd get directly from the judges actually judging you would be super relevant. And for them, it'd be fresh to their, to their memory and yeah, yeah, I can't really hold it against them for not remembering. No, but absolutely, yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. an exhausting job tasting I mean, I, that much. I stuff. judged one time at regionals, and it was really, really challenging. Probably more challenging than competing in a, in a lot of ways. Well, that it's 15 minutes, and you, you can go and have a beer. Like, they're, like these judges, they're, like, they're, 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 they're three, four days solid and, you know, and, and not eating spicy food yeah. and, and, you know, getting get first to bed and all the right, the, yeah. And I, I felt just, like, you know, a big, like, a, a okay, as a competitor, you're responsible for yourself, right? You've got yourself and your team, and you want to make sure you do the best job possible. As a judge, you're responsible for all these competitors and making sure that all of their time and energy that they spent, that you pick up on everything that they're trying to put down on you, you know? So I felt this really big pressure to, like, okay, this, whoever I'm judging, you know, spent hours upon hours crafting this performance, it's like my duty to make sure that I get all that. And you know, not just for 15 minutes, for you know, one after another, after another, after another. Um, it's heavy, it's really challenging. I'm scared to judge again. But you gotta compete again. If I get a good idea. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you heard the introduction, but for me, like, you're one of the, the first guys that inspired me performing on barista competition. I kind of like, was just like, who's it? Like, you say you watch people you know and you care about and you, you, you know, you, you feel for them. I didn't know you at all and I wanted you to do well. It was just like, this, this guy's amazing. Like, he just seems so natural. Like, like what you, the performance you've given there. I'm sorry, I'm stop being a fanboy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and you know, I'd, I would love to see you perform again. I mean, this is, you should be on this stage. I want to be point. so bad. Yeah, at some point you should be on I feel on like this I'm stage. a lost little boy here. <laughs> I almost made it. <laughs> I did tamper tantrum, then it was hot. Well, thank you. No, those are kind words. No, awesome. Thank you very much. Please, round of applause, Chris Backer. Thanks for that. So, um, Pardon? Oh, we have an online question. Turn don't move, mate. Don't, don't move. move. Sit there. Yeah, Mike, online. back down. We have people down. online. Online. Oh. Online question? I'm into it. Okay. Cool. So, Technology. this is somebody I know. All right. So, uh, he's on Twitter as Haggy Barista. It's uh, Mike Haggerton. And um, agree with lots of points. How can we get our views taken into consideration by the organizers? I mean, you're a mouthpiece for baristas, so how? how? Well, I guess, who are the organizers? WBC committee. Who's on Rules it? committee. Who's on it? Uh, judges committee, yes. Uh, people. <laughs> that, we, okay, we can attack that. So admittedly, I'm, I'm like pretty disconnected with the way the, um, the tier works like that. Like, who's the top of the top? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I really have the answer. I mean, um, 
It's got to be more than talking. I don't. I don't know how the organization works. It, you I, probably know more than I do. No, nah, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel very similar. Like, I don't, I don't know whether it is the barista's responsibility to change it. It's like I, I'm, I'm very outspoken about SCAE and the organization and the way the competition, yeah, the way that the SCAE is run. And people say, oh, well, you should get involved to change it. No, my trade organization exists to help me grow my business. And when I'm a big business and I'm ready to retire, then it's my turn to give back then, not now. And as a competing barista, I don't know whether it's, you know, the, the barista's job to change those rules. I think, you know, it's, it, it's, it's right that you bring them, you, you, you do a presentation like this where you say, something suck on this sheet. I think for a lot of people, and even for me, it just, you know, it feels pretty unattainable to try to just like, because I don't know who to reach out to. And I don't even, and you know, even when I was involved with it. Maybe we should have an email address. We probably should. Like people at WBC.com. I mean, I mean, really, <laughs> in real life, probably nothing. As, as long as people have... They're not going to change anything super, super swiftly because they're generating enough interest to get people to come, right? They're getting yeah. high-caliber competitors. And they're getting sponsors to We're spend We're getting a lot sponsors. Of people, are, people are dropping cash. They're paying money. So the incentive isn't too high for them if, you know... Whoever barista comes up, hey, this is lame. Like you shut up. We already have lots of money. Um, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's one of the routes. Like maybe one of the sponsors. Like maybe an advocate. Like if you had a bunch of people, noteworthy people, who got in contact with someone at you know Simonelli or something like that, and, and went went through that route. Like hey, we sponsor this. We sponsor this event. We pay tons of money. We donate tons of equipment, time, energy. Um, our feedback from the baristas is like this. Can we consider this? It would really help our I mean, is it better than it was five years ago? Like, I, re I remember being in Bern in 2006 and score sheets not being as developed as they are now. And thing, you know, competition certainly not being run as well. I mean, mm -hmm. before WCE, I, d I don't know if you remember competitions before, but the, uh, they were interesting. Yes, Carl. Carl. You, you've stumbled into a lion's den. Come on. <laughs> You're on. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a lot better. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're a lot better from all angles. From The first one that I ever did was like 2005 or six or something. So not even that long ago. But they're run better. The score sheet's definitely better. Um, the competitors are better. The cop, everything's, everything's better. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's still really pretty it's much still the some same. very easy fish to shoot in the barrel to yeah. make it better. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I don't know if that's you know going through sponsors or going through people who pay money to make these things happen, getting an ad, like some kind of advocacy committee. I don't. You, you've obviously inspired Mike online because he's got another question as well. Oh, cool. So uh, Mike's put: uh, Does Chris have any opinions on baristas' limited control of parameters? For instance, prescribed shot volume, basket, shot time. Like, is there scope within the rules to change those things to make just delicious drinks instead of it being technically, you know, a, this volume, this basket? I've kind of thought about that. I, I thought about that more a couple of years ago than I did now. I was definitely more techie and, and um, into that zone maybe, maybe earlier on. Um, and again, it, it's... It obviously makes it harder to judge depending on what you have to judge. You know, if you're just, if you have a score sheet that's just judging coffee, espresso quality, then yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of basket you use, what temperature you set the machine at. Um, obviously, we obviously, it creates like some kind of really hard to set up the machines. You know, if you're adjusting the temperature all over the place and switching out parts, it, it can get a little weird. Um, there's always someone's going to say, someone put a different basket in my thing. And, uh, um, but I think that would be fine. In the context of the given score sheet, it probably is overkill and not so hot. But again, like most of the issues that I have like don't necessarily stem from the score sheet itself. It's just like people taking that score sheet too far. You know, for example, like different baskets, temperatures, extraction times, volumes, I'm pretty much open to anything in the real world. But when people are like, you've got to have you know, okay, so I, you know, we do a lot of work with the SCAA through the through the BGA and teaching at things like 
you know, our camps and educational stuff, and we have... You can help at the art camps, latte art camp and thing, can you? Oh, yeah. You want to be a station instructor? <laughs> I, I'm useless at yeah, latte art. Come on. It's a total um, distraction. And we have curriculum, you know, and it describes certain shot volumes, certain doses, and certain things that need to happen to make the espresso good. And it's all well and good for beginners, but you can't just take that... Yeah, we, we spent some time looking at the SCAA definition of an espresso it's and ripped weird, it apart. Huh? It, it's very weird. It, it's very 2005. It's, it's really yeah, crazy. Yeah. But I, I, I think like the, the, the thing with temperatures for me is I think it's, it's really easy to change the temperature on a machine now. Like I don't see the reason why not. And people say, oh, well, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be able to control it. Well, in the shop, you kind of would. And like, if you want to take it to that degree, then maybe we should all have the same coffee. Maybe there should be a coffee sponsor that supplies the same coffee, because then you could have the grinder sponsor, and you can't bring your own grinder, and then it becomes a coffee making competition. And how scary a thought and boring a thought is that? So. There's a lot that's, of money in it, though. Yeah, but I think that would be great to see the competition being opened up to so much more, you know, getting people's personality back on stage and style getting involved a lot more. That would be I really saw, great I to see. I saw a blog post recently where he was talking about signature drinks and, like, they worked, somebody was really quiet one afternoon and worked out how many variations of signature drinks must have been done over the years from competitions happening. And it was, like, 36,000 different variations of signature drink. How much more can we push that until we start changing temperatures, baskets, dose, you know, and, and or start introducing a different course so you have different options? What, what yeah. are you thinking? I mean, the signature drinks, I mean, they're all basically all the same anyway, right? But Pretty have, much. Have and you then, like, ever added anything to espresso that has made espresso taste better? No. So Hell why no. do signature drinks? Yeah, exactly. I... I yeah, I mean, there's that whole talk, like, replacing it with, you know, brewed coffee or replacing it with something else. I like, I like creating it because you can very, very, very rarely. Like, I don't taste a lot of signature drinks that I like. Mo mo that I like. Most of them just taste like signature drink, like a generic, like, oh, this tastes like, I think someone said that one. This just tastes like signature drink. Um, just like muddled stuff with coffee, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh, it's signature drink. But every once in a while, you you kind of you kind of catch fire, and you can make something that's that's delicious. And I kind of like that challenge because it's for me, it's totally nerve wracking, and I get pissed off and throw stuff and kick things. And then, then if I get lucky, every once in a while, I make make a good one that that actually tastes good. Well, maybe so. maybe just making it, you can. You can eat it. You don't have to drink it. I would like it that. I would edible. like that. I mean, that would be amazing. I mean, there's some of the stuff that you see on uh, on restaurant plates is incredible. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, well, why don't we give that a little go? That would know? be awesome. Yeah. Someone, Ryan Brown, that I used to work with, he, he said a long time ago, he's like, dude, if you can make, like, a cake, and you can make it on stage with coffee, and, like, yeah. why not? And eat it? Like, yeah. who cares if it's not a... I guess a it's, a, it's a little bit like what Morrissey did. He created this beautiful little blueberry bullshit thing with <laughs> the layers and the stuff. And it's like, well, I, I've got a, it looks great. It's going to taste great. But I've got to melt it now, unfortunately, so you can drink it like, a, like somebody without teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the idea of the brewed coffee, I think, is a really, a really bad idea. Because like, if you just introduce a brewed course, then you've got very few variations of the drink but being able to introduce brewed coffee instead of the espresso as the base for the signature drink could even be something that would be like just to, to make it more interesting or make it just different like because everything it's got to be when you've had 36,000 signature drinks all the good things have got to be done by now they, they have to be because yeah they're gone or they're just you know they're there dressed up in different you know, okay, I got coffee and then some kind of like reduction or simple syrup and then a little bit of whatever, you know. I mean, I, I hated the Coffee in Good Spirits competition, right, until last year when I was emceeing it with, with Steemo, Stephen Morrissey. And uh, we just got absolutely slatted drinking everybody's drinks at the end. It was great. So alcohol in Brewster competition, what do you think? Oh, I whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's. A We're adults. Yeah. We're all adults. Surely we yeah. can, uh, you know. It's like, what are we gonna have? Some little kid up there? It's like, it's really neither here nor there. It could, if it tastes good, like why not? Do you not? see any kids around? What, no, what, I don't what see was, it. Hang on, we, we had a nope. heckler then. Let's find out. It's it's difficult to do the 
alcohol competitions in the US, especially at conferences because of licensing problems, you know, like being 21, and it's a real issue with the competition in making it global and bringing alcohol right through and having consistency. Okay. That's there you go. We like reasons. It, <laughs> reasons rock. Carl's got knowledge. Yeah. Good yeah, knowledge. He knows stuff. He's dropping it. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much, Chris. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank I've, you. Uh, really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I'll get your autograph later. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Signed a post for you in the back. Oh, you good know. man. Good yeah. man. Please, Chris Backer.